It's episode time, motherfuckers. What up, what up, what up, what up? This is your man, Dre Day, and you are tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. This is episode 36. We are getting close. We are getting even more close to episode 40. Um, I've come a long way since episode one when I launched the introduction and y'all basically getting to know me or whatnot. So again, we are on episode 36. Uh, This episode here, I'm going to speak on the final four, get my final four predictions I'm also going to speak about, speak on about is the Cleveland Browns um, being overhyped, you know, as the football season hasn't even begun yet. But of course, it's offseason and shit like that. So the Browns are getting a lot of praise right now. So I will be, you know, dissecting and giving my opinions on do I feel like the Cleveland Browns are being overhyped. And I'm also going to speak about LeBron. Um, It was reported um, last week. That they're going to send them out for the rest of the season. I believe the Lakers got about six, five more games to go. So he's going to sit out for the rest of the season, which I really don't see no problem with. He's done. The Lakers are done. So you might as well sit him out. Let him rest. Um, obviously, he's going to have a busy offseason as it pertains to filming for Space Jam and shit like that. But I'm going to dive deep into that as well later on in the episode but first you know i want to speak on um basically the final four um my bracket was completely shot completely shot uh i was hoping at least one of my teams that i had in the final four would make it to the final four but unfortunately duke um i'm not gonna say they disappointed me but you know the better team won michigan state won michigan state was ready for them you know, they was not afraid of the Zion Williamson mystique. Uh, Duke had a lot of miscues in that game. Let's just call it what it is. They had a lot of miscues in that game. Uh, they forced um, 17 turnovers against Duke. Um, they had 11 steals. They had 24 points off the turnovers against Duke. Obviously, Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett missed some key free throws. So obviously, Duke had had you know had their own reasons for their demise. But everybody kept talking about whose fault is it that Duke lost instead of ignoring the fact of just giving credit to the Michigan State Spartans. They were ready for this game, and this was one of the this that was one of the elite games that I actually had correct. Um, I had Michigan against against Gonzaga. Obviously, that didn't happen. I had Kentucky going up against North Carolina. Obviously, that didn't happen. But Kentucky did make the Elite Eight, so I did get. I did have. I did have the partial region right. Um, I had Virginia. I had. I forgot who I had Virginia going up against. I think it was against Villanova, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, that was wrong. Um, but I did have, but I did have Virginia in the Elite Eight, so you can guess I can say I had partial credit for that too. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, for the most part, you know, my bracket was completely shot. But again, you have to give credit to Michigan State. You know, they're having a Hall of Fame coach in Tom Izzo. He had a hell of a game plan, and the key factor in all of this was he had players that were experienced players 
for this game. Uh, Cassius Winston, who's a junior, balled out. Um, Joshua, Joshua Langford. I'm going to give him an extra shout-out because he has my son's name. Joshua, he's a junior. Nick Ward, he's a junior. Kenny Goins, he's a senior. Xavier Tillman, sophomore. So you had a bunch of players that had experience in March Madness going up against Duke's young players who are obviously one and done. So you have to give Michigan State credit. You know, you know, you talk about, you know, the sports shows, Undisputed, First Take, Sports Center. Everybody wants to talk about how Duke lost this game or who's to blame for Duke losing. Instead of ignoring the fact and giving credit and giving acknowledgement to the Michigan State Spartans. And that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm not going to go with the whole, you know, you know, what did Duke do to lose this game? That's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to give credit where it's due. Michigan State won. I had them losing that game, but they won. I have to be objective, and we got to give credit where it's due. Now, we fast forward to now the Final Four, and they're going to be going up against Texas Tech. Now, when the Final Four was put together as far as the Final Four, um, the one team that I said that nobody should sleep on now is Texas Tech. You know, you know, there's a bunch of people that's saying, you know, Virginia. Some people are saying Auburn, but this Texas Tech team, they got a lot. To, you know, they, 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 they're, they're basically sitting on house money. You know, they're in, they're in the powerhouse of the Big 12. Nobody really expected them to make it this far. Um, they were one of the top teams. And and the NC in the in the country before the season started, um, if you can go back to that earlier game this season against Duke in the Garden, that was probably the game where people actually put some respect on their name somewhat. But to see what they've done in in this tournament, they smoked Michigan in the Sweet 16, who again I said would beat Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. They upset Gonzaga. Last weekend, they shot 39% from the three-point line, 84% from the free throw line, seven blocks, okay? Jarek Cover is leading the team in points, rebounds, and assists. Devadi Moradi is balling out. Matt, Matt, Matt Mooney is doing his thing. Tariq Owens, he's the spark plug. You know, whether it's amazing dunks coming off of screens or put-back dunks, you know, he's hyping up the crowd. So... Texas Tech is that team right now out of all the four teams that's left that pretty much has a lot of momentum riding on them. This is the first time that they've ever been in the Final Four. So, obviously, that right there is a good look for them. Um, who do I have wishing? Who do I have winning this game out of Michigan State and Texas Tech? Um... I have to go with experience. I, I I have to go with experience. Michigan State, I mean, they haven't been in Final Fours and national title games as of late. But with the brain, with the brain mass, with the knowledge of a great coach of Tom Izzo, I have to give the coaching experience to him. And I think that right there will propel Michigan State to beat Texas Tech. And Texas Tech is not a slouch. They're not a walk in the park. This game will not be easy for Michigan State by any stretch of the imagination. But if Cassius Winston can have a game, that he, if he can have a game like he had against Duke, 
and the Elite Eight. If he can, if he could put on another performance against Texas Tech like he did with Duke, then Michigan State will definitely walk away with this victory, and and, and they'll probably do it in convincing pat and in, in, in convincing fashion. But again, Texas Tech, they had seven blocks against Gonzaga. If they can have that defensive presence, if they could put pressure on Michigan State's guards and crashing the boards and shit like that. It's going to be a hell of a game. This is going down Saturday. I believe this. I think this is the first of the final four games. I, I, I believe this is the first game. I think Auburn and Virginia is going to close out. I think Michigan State and Texas Tech will be the first game. I'm glad I'm off this weekend. So I will be able to sit there and actually watch and watch the games as opposed to DVR and it and shit like that. I could watch it in live and direct. So, again, having said all of that, I have to pick Michigan State to beat Texas Tech. So, going into the next game, we got Auburn and we got Virginia Cavaliers. Um, Auburn, what can I say about them? Um, This is another team that obviously nobody expected to be there. Um, They're in one of the powerhouses, one of the powerhouse leagues. They're in the SEC um, obviously, you know, they, they, they had to go through Kentucky and the Elite Eight. They know Kentucky very well. This was the third time they played them this season. They lost both meanings to them in the regular season. So I guess you could say the third time is the charm because they beat them where it count. And that was to get the berth to the Final Four. Um, Bryce Brown had an amazing game against Kentucky. Jared Harper had an amazing game. Um, I do want to send um, thoughts and prayers to uh, Chuma Okiki, who tore his ACL. So we obviously know he's done for the re- he's done for the rest of the tournament. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to return or if he's going to the draft or whatever. But you know, hopefully, you know he has a speedy recovery and you know everything works well for them. Um, Virginia, they're no slouch. Um, obviously, we know they come from the ACC. Um, they were one of the top teams all year. They were, they were one of the top teams all year, all, all year long. Obviously, they didn't win their conference tournament because obviously Duke won that. But Duke is, but Virginia is no slouch. They're one of the, they're the best free throw team remaining. So obviously, when the games come into the stretch, when it get, when it gets time and palms start getting sweaty, especially at the end of these games, and you make it a free throw game. Virginia basically has the best chance of winning the game because they're good at winning their free throws. Good, good at good at making their free throws. I have to give a shout out to Auburn's coach, um, Bruce Pearl. Um, we, if if you don't know, you know he used to coach the University of Tennessee a few years ago, and obviously he was relieved of his duties from, you know, he was relieved of his duties from. Um, activities that were going down on his watch and he was fired from the University of Tennessee took a high haters was doing some broadcasting and then wind up getting this job with Auburn um for him to be able to beat three storied franchises in this tournament just think about it they beat Kansas one of the most storied programs 
and college basketball. When you think of story franchises, you think of UCLA, you think of Duke, you think of Carolina, you think of Kansas, you think of Kentucky. They beat Kentucky in the Elite Eight. They beat North Carolina in the Sweet 16. A lot of people had North Carolina in their Final Four, me included. I actually had them in the title game against Duke, and then they beat Kansas. So for you to beat three storied franchises, well, not even franchises, three storied programs to get to the Final Four, we got to give credit where it's due. Charles Barkley is on cloud nine right now. Um, I'm not sure if Auburn has ever been to the Final Four, let alone a national championship. So if they can win a national championship for Charles, that right there would be a good look for him because then he could finally say he's a champion in something. Obviously, he never won a pro championship. He's never won a college championship. He's an Olympic gold medalist, but as far as being a champion in college or the pros, he's never done that. So if Auburn can somehow make this happen for him, that'd be a good look. Um, Again, Virginia, like I said, they're no slouch. Uh, Cal Guy, 25, po- 25 points, 10 assists, and the Elite Eight. DeAndre Hunter was balling. Ty Jerome had 24 points against Purdue. I'm not going to front. Watching that game, I actually wanted Purdue to win because watching Carson Edwards just shoot these threes out of nowhere, he was shooting from NBA range. You know, I was actually hoping that Purdue would pull off the upset. It was a hell of a game. I actually think that was probably the best game throughout the whole tournament so far. I believe it was Virginia and Purdue. But, you know, the game went into overtime. It was all about which team wanted it more. And Virginia was the team that wanted it more because, again, we remember last year, you know, they got bounced in the first round. Um, So for them, they wasn't trying to have history repeat itself. They had a lot of doubters, including me, because I didn't trust them. I felt that they would lose in the Elite Eight, and I had them losing to Villanova. But obviously, that didn't happen. So again, we got to give credit where it's due. So having said all of that, I have to pick my winner for this game, just like I had to pick for the first game. And if I had to choose, I could be biased and choose Virginia because I'm a, I'm an ACC I'm 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 an ACC guy but I could also go with Auburn just off of the momentum having said all of that if I had to choose I will pick Auburn to win this game I just I I I just truly think right now um when it's your time it's your time and I just truly think that you know Auburn is hot right now they're one of those teams that were overlooked throughout the whole season. Um, it's not how you start; it's how you finish. And right now, they're finishing the they're finishing the end of the season on a high note. It's like I just said; they beat three storied programs to get to where they're at right now. If you don't think that those young boys are, I'm not gonna say they're cocky and they're arrogant, but their momentum. Their mojo is high right now off of what they're pulling off. If you think that they're not ready for this game on Saturday, you're sadly mistaken. Um, I do think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a wipeout. I do think it'll go down to the wire. It could be, like I said, it could, it could, it could go down to the free throws. And if it does, then I give the edge to Virginia because, like I said, 
they're the they're the remaining out of all the four remaining teams. They're the best team as it pertains to free throw shooting, as far as percentage goes. But just off of the momentum, and you know, just off of that, I have to go with Auburn to win this game. So having said all of that, I have Michigan State beating Texas Tech, and then I have Auburn defeating Virginia, and then obviously it's gonna be Michigan State and Auburn in the national championship. And if I have to pick a winner for that, I would just have to go with Michigan State. I put nothing past Tom Enzo. I put nothing past Tom Enzo. He's a hell of a coach, Hall of Fame coach. You know, sometimes it's about execution. Sometimes it's about what you it's about your boys and what they do on the court. And then it's also what you're teaching them on the sidelines. And is the message being is the message being sent? And I just think that with the remaining coaches that are left in this tournament, when it comes to the national title game, when it happens, if Michigan State is in there, I trust Tom Izzo to come up with a hell of a game plan to get his boys to win the national championship. So again, I have Michigan State beating Texas Tech in the national semifinals. I have Auburn beating Virginia in the national in the second semi. Semifinals for the national championship game, and then in the national title game, I have Michigan State beating Auburn to become the 2019 NCAA national champions. What up, what up, what up? I'm back. Uh, this segment here. We're going to speak about the Cleveland Browns. Uh, It's a lot of talk going on with Cleveland right now. It's a lot of hype going around with the Cleveland Browns right now. And the most common question is, are they being overhyped? Yes, they are. But here's the thing. Usually when teams be overhyped, sometimes it irks you. It pisses you off. But... In this case here, I don't actually mind them being overhyped for two reasons. One, it's only April. You know, the season hasn't started yet. Um, A lot of talk can be made now. But the real talking starts when you step on that gridiron. So I really don't really mind the, you know, the constant um, hype surrounding the Cleveland Browns right now. Number two, and more importantly, another reason why I don't really mind is because what do the city of Cleveland have right now? The Cavs, trash. I mean, they have baseball, but I'm not sure, you know, I'm not really sure if Cleveland fans really worship the Indians like that. Like, if you think about it, when LeBron was in Cleveland, basketball was the go-to sport in the city of Cleveland. He brought a lot of money to the city he brought a lot of glory to the city obviously he brought a championship there they were always in playoff contention except for his first two years there and then obviously when he left and went to Miami but when he came back to Cleveland they were in the playoffs and they were in the championship hunt every single year the Cleveland Browns have been bums for the longest 
for the longest time, for, for, for as long as I can remember, the Cleveland Browns have been bums. They have been the laughing stock of the NFL for Lord knows how long. Last year, when they drafted Baker Mayfield, and they put him in the starting lineup, and, and, I, and I will be the first to admit, I think if Baker Mayfield would have started the beginning of the season for the Cleveland Browns, I truly believe that the Browns probably would have made the playoffs. Probably. They probably would have made the playoffs. Um, the, the game against Pittsburgh, where it ended in a tie, that game right there, they probably could have notched the win. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there was a game that they played against Oakland where they lost. That game right there, they were supposed to win because you're playing a trashy Raiders team who's not really playing for nothing. They're playing for a top draft pick. You should have won that game. So there were some games left for the taking for the Cleveland Browns last season. You got to think. They were 7-8 last year. Third in their division. The two years before that, the year before, they didn't win no game. The year before that, they won one game. You fast forward to this past season that just passed. It's just like I said, seven and eight, third in the division. So with the addition of drafting Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, their defense being somewhat impressive, even though they lost the key piece on their defense, which I'm going to get into in a few. Um, it was a lot of promise for the Cleveland Browns last season. Now we fast forward to this season. We already know about the big key addition of Odell Beckham. Okay? They still got they 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 picked up Kareem Hunt, but obviously he's gonna be suspended for the first eight games because he's on the commissioner exempt list from you know the situation that happened in the hotel hallway, you know, I believe it was in February. You still got Nick Chubb, you still got Jarvis Landry. Your defense is somewhat impressive. You got Olivier Vernon. You got Shannon Richardson. You Sheldon Richardson. You still got Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Demaris Randall, who was your leader in interceptions last season. But I want to go back and talk about the press conference that happened yesterday as it pertains to Odell Beckham. You had Miles Garrett there. You had Jarvis Landry there, who's, who obviously has a personal relationship with Odell because they both come from Louisiana. They both went to LSU. So they, they have that rapport with each other. And then also they got Baker Mayfield. He was also at the press conference. So I, I, I kind of look at it to similar to when Ray Allen and um, Kevin Garnett, when they were traded to the Boston Celtics, and they were introduced in the press conference. Uh, Paul Pierce showed up. Um, he 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 stood right there on the podium with them. I mean, I mean, I don't know why he showed his jersey because we know what you you know you've been there for so long. We know what you wear, so there's no need for you to show your uniform. But it was just the point of him showing support to Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett and welcome and and, and welcoming him welcoming them to the team. This is quite similar to what Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, and Jarvis Landry. This is the same thing they did with Odell Beckham Jr. Now, I will say this. It's like I said already. I don't mind the hype. I truly don't mind it. The city of Cleveland 
football fans have been yearning for the Cleveland Browns to do some damage. I don't knock the hype because look at the division they're in. There's a good chance that the Cleveland Browns could win this division this, this upcoming season. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Le'Veon Bell is gone. Antonio Brown is gone. You know, they still got Ben Roethlisberger, but we don't know what's going to happen with him this season. Um, Mike Tomlin, he, he's going to be coaching for his job this season. You can you, you can bet your last dollar he's going to be bet he, he he's going to be playing. Well, he's going to be coaching for his job this season with all the turmoil that's been going on in Pittsburgh, especially last season, and then all the stuff that's going on with Ben Roethlisberger and you know the general manager Mike Tomlin's going to be playing for his job this season. The Baltimore Ravens. They lost a lot of key players on defense. And if it's one thing we know about Baltimore, it's their defense. They lost a lot of key players. Terrell Suggs, C.J. Mosley, a lot of defensive anchors they lost on that team. The Bengals, don't nobody give a fuck about the Bengals. The Bengals have always been trash, and they will always be trash. So when you think of the AFC North, anything can happen with Pittsburgh. Anything can happen. Baltimore, we don't know what's going to happen with them. But with Cleveland right now, it's looking very good for them right now. I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl. You know, there's some people out there talking real crazy out their mouth saying that they're Super Bowl bound or they're AFC championship bound. Stop it. These guys haven't even played on the football field together yet. They haven't even done OTAs yet. They haven't even done training camp yet. So anything can happen as when, when the season begins. But it does look promising for the Cleveland Browns right now on paper. Out of all the teams in the AFC, they probably have the most talent on their team. But here's the problem. It's only one football. So we, 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 saw what Od- we, we, we know what Odell can do on the floor. On the field, whether it's on the sidelines or on the football field, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's going to give it his all on the football field. We get that. It's the off the field issues that we're concerned with. Is he going to be fully committed to playing for the Cleveland Browns? Because if you listen to that, if you watch that press conference, you know, he looked lost sometimes. I think he's still hurt at the fact that the Giants traded him. I guess he felt that he was untouchable and that nothing could happen to him. So, you know, let's see what you know, let's see what happens as it let's see what happens as it pertains to that situation. Again, it's only one football. You know, Jarvis Landry, he's going to want his, he, he he's going to want he's going to want his he going to get his money worth. He's going to want the football to come his way. Can Baker Mayfield put these egos to the side and get everyone involved? And remember, Baker's young. He's young. This is second. It's going to be his second year. He will be a starter. So, again, this team is still somewhat inexperienced. You know, Freddie Ketchens, he's, this is his first year as the head coach for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Greg Williams, he's no longer the defensive coordinator. That was the strong asset that I said that was going to be gone on the defensive side of the ball for the Cleveland Browns. Let's see what happens with that. Um, so the Cleveland Browns, for, for, for Browns fans out there, 
the dog pound. It's cool to be excited right now. It's very cool. Very cool. You know, for years, before the season started, you always knew that you was gonna be the 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 the, the burnt shit at the bottom of the, the bottom of the pot. You always knew that. But the loyal fans that you that you are, you just accepted it. Right now, it's a lot of talk about the Cleveland Browns making the playoffs. Just be hype. Just be excited. Um, again, do I feel like they will win the division this year? If they are healthy, barring no significant injury, I can say that they'll make the playoffs. But again, only time will tell. Only time will tell. So, yes, they are being overhyped. But I have no problem with it because the Browns haven't been hyped in so many years that it's good to it's good for a team that's always been trash get you know get all this recognition now and their fan base is on cloud nine. I have no problem with it. But I will say this though: you do know who the kings of the AFC is, right? You do know who that is, right? It's that team up in Fox River. You know, you do know who's the man of the NFL, right? It's that man up in Foxborough. It's that quarterback up in Foxborough. TB12, who just joined, who just joined Twitter, by the way, Tom Brady. You know, you still got to deal with that coach up in Foxborough. The one with the hoodie, Coach Belichick. Yeah, that guy. So, I love the hype. I have no problem with it. But let's just call it what it is to be the man you got to beat the man and I believe this upcoming season the Browns will play my Patriots that right there will be one of their many tests this season to to show us what they're made of and to show the NFL what they're made of because I'm quite sure that game will be shown on TV so whatever week it is I'm quite sure it will be shown on TV so let's see what happens with that game but again until then I have no problem with the Browns being overhyped. I'm happy for the city of Cleveland. Um, Hopefully, you know, the Browns can do something and finally make the playoffs for the first time since 1999, which obviously was a long time ago, basically 20 years ago. So, you know, hopefully Cleveland can do some damage. Hopefully there's no significant injury. And I wish the Cleveland Browns the best of luck. Uh, to the dog pound out there in Cleveland, wish y'all luck. And as a Patriot fan, I wish y'all luck because when we play y'all this season, we're going to smoke y'all. But again, good luck to y'all this upcoming season. And I wish y'all nothing but the best. Keep the hype going. Just keep it going. Keep it going. Keep the hype going. I have no problem with it. But again, there's only one football put egos to the side well hopefully they put their egos to the side but only time will tell as the season hasn't started yet we're only in April so I don't mind the hype train right now so just keep it going keep the gas going just keep it going and we'll see what happens when the NFL season starts in September so Cleveland Browns good luck this upcoming season What up, what up, what up? I'm back. Uh, 
final segment for this episode. Uh, I got to speak about my man LeBron James as it pertains to what do I expect from him next season. The reason why I got to speak about next season is because his season right now is pretty much done for. Uh, It was reported um, late last week that he's going to sit out for the rest of the season. I believe the Lakers got about, what, six, five more games to go. So they're going to sit him out for the rest of the year. Well, they're going to sit him out for the last five or six games so his groin can fully heal and shit like that or whatever. Me, personally, I have no problem with it. Um, They're already eliminated from playoff contention. So, you know, him playing really doesn't do anything. Um, If he was to play, let's say he hurts himself again. Then he's going to be out for an immensely time, basically, to start the next season. You got to remember, this coming summer, he's going to be filming Space Jam 2. So, you know, he has to be, you know, he has to be fully, you know, he has to be fully ready for that. You know what I'm saying? You know, he has to be fully ready for that. But I will say this, though. What do I expect from him next season? I believe next season, LeBron James will be on attack mode. I, I, I I know this year, you know, you know, he said something about, you know, play his playoff his playoff mode is activated and all this other shit. Obviously that wasn't the case. Um but I will say this though, with all the shit that happened this season with the Lakers, you know, as it pertains to him missing 18 games from his groin injury, you know, them not being able to get Anthony Davis, you know, in the trade, you know, with LeBron's leadership being in question. Um his lack of defense being questioned. It was a bunch of things that came into play this season that was pretty much the catapult to the Lakers not making the playoffs this season. I truly think that next season, LeBron James will be on a tear next season. Maybe this was a good thing that the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. Maybe it's a good thing that he missed the playoffs. Uh... Obviously, eight straight finals appearances. Um, obviously, this would be the first time since the 04-05 season that the NBA will not have LeBron in the playoffs. You got to remember some of those years that he did make the playoffs. Not only was he in the NBA finals, but he was also doing, you know, qual- qualifying for the Olympics or in the Olympics. So this man has had a crazy schedule for, for a long period of time. So maybe having this summer off, which is not going to be that much off because, again, he's filming Space Jam 2, and it's also being reported that he's going to have a full basketball court on set for Space Jam 2, so then that way he gets ready for the upcoming season next year. So for the 2019-2020 season, I truly believe LeBron will be on the terror. Uh... If they can get somebody to come to L.A., because that's going to be the key in all of this, they have to be able to get somebody to come to L.A. to help him. Because if he has to keep this team that, let's just call it what it is, if he has to keep this team that he was trying to trade away 
as far as Lonzo goes, if he can come back healthy, Kuzma, Ingram, these young boys that you wanted to get traded, if you have to come back with this team, you might you might find yourself in the same predicament that you were in this season, just hoping and praying that no one gets hurt. But the free agency class is coming up. This free agency pool is going to be very interesting this summer. The Lakers have to get somebody. They have to get they, they got to get somebody to come to LA to help LeBron. He's not going to be able to do this by himself. The days of you holding the team down by yourself as a one-man show, that shit is over with. That shit is done for. A lot of these teams, they're stacking up. They're trying to partner up. The Lakers are going to have to do it as well. But here's the problem. That other team in LA, the Clippers, they're not playing either. They are very interested in getting some of these key players already. And you got to remember, Jerry West is over there. They got a billionaire owner over there. They have they have the better coach, Doc Rivers. We don't even know who the Lakers coach is going to be. Obviously, we know Luke Walton won't be there because the last game of the season, he could just pack up his stuff and leave because he won't be the coach next season. It's being reported that Jason Kidd is, you know, in the runnings for being the Lakers coach next season. So obviously, you know, I don't, you know, LeBron doesn't have a problem with Jason Kidd. Obviously, he's played with him before on the Olympic team and shit like that. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't expect LeBron to have a problem with Jason Kidd being a head coach. But as it pertains to what do I expect from him next season? He's going to cause some terror next season. And then if he can wind up getting two key pieces to play with him next year, it's going to be very interesting for the purple and gold. Um, You might as well throw him in the MVP talks now because if the Lakers can somehow pick up two key players and they're a top team in the West top three, top four team in the West, then you got to throw LeBron in the MVP talk. You got to throw him in the MVP conversation. Uh, will he be a, you know, will he make an all-NBA team? Only time will tell because with his position now, it's a lot of players that are very promised, you know, in the NBA. You got the Greek Freak. You got Kawhi. You got Kevin Durant. You got Paul George. You got a lot of these guys that play the three and the four that are that that are very promised right now. Will he be on a, will he be on an all-NBA team? Whether it's first team, second team, third team. I'm not even sure he's gonna make an all-NBA team this season, which will probably be the first um and God knows how long. So, you know. I do believe I, I do believe LeBron is still a great player. I take nothing away from him. He's still he, he's still a top five player in the league. Is he the best player in the league? No, I can see that. I'll give that to Kevin Durant. Um, that's not easy for me to say because obviously he had to buy his championship. He didn't earn it, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not gonna get into all of that. This is about LeBron. But, um, you know, I still believe LeBron is a hell of a player. I still believe LeBron is a great player. Um, obviously, he's still a generational player. He's a transcendent player. 
um, but only time will tell to see if he can go back to being that LeBron James of old and, you know, if he can stay healthy. Because, again, this was his first major injury. You know, he missed eight, well, he's missed more games than that because, obviously, he's not doing the back-to-back games. But I'm talking about from the Christmas injury from missing 18 games. We've never seen that from LeBron before. So, will he come back next year on a terror? Yes, I truly believe he will. If the Lakers could, again, get two key pieces, this free agency pool in the offseason, to come to L.A. to play with him, if the Lakers are a top contender next season, I truly believe that LeBron James will be in the hunt for MVP next season. So, only time will tell. Having said all that, I'm done with this episode. Um, It's a wrap. I'm done. Um, having said all of that, this has been another episode with on. This has been another episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Again, thank you to all my listeners, all the supporters. I can't thank y'all enough, but I do have to remind y'all. I have two new social media pages. I've created an Instagram strictly for my podcast, strictly for my podcast, where I give you updates and, you know, put little, put little pics up of, you know, my episode and, you know, what, like what topics are going to be spoken about in the episode. So on Instagram, the Instagram name is the podcast name, Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. You type that up, bam, I'm right there. Bam, hit that follow page. Um, on on Twitter, Drayway Podcast, D-R-A-Y-W-A-Y Podcast. Hit that follow button. On Facebook, I'm still using my personal Facebook to put my episodes there. So just look me up, Drayday, D-R-A-Y, space D-A-Y. And then obviously, of course, if you don't want to do if you don't want to do that, you could also Check me out. Download the Anchor app on your mobile phone. Download Anchor. Go to search. Put Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. Subscribe to me so then that way you can get notifications for whenever I drop, whenever those new, whenever those new episodes drop, you get the notifications. Also, my podcast is streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Radio Public, Breaker. Overcast, Pocket Cast. Those are some of the streaming platforms that my podcast is streaming on. So again, until next time, thank you. I love you. Peace and love. I'm out of here.